The late Father Benedict Rochelle was not only a priest, he was also a psychologist. He had his doctorate from Columbia University. That means he understood the workings of the human mind pretty well. In his book, The Virtue-Driven Life, Father Rochelle made a very interesting statement in this regard. He said, and here I quote, Human beings have three great fears. To be no one, to have no one, and to have nothing. And they cause people to be self-centered and ungenerous. I read that line as I was preparing for this homily. I said to myself, well, that's amazing. Those are precisely the three temptations Jesus faced after his 40-day fast in the desert. Father Groeschel does not make that connection directly in his book, but it's true nonetheless. This means that in dealing with these three temptations from the devil, Jesus was actually facing the three greatest fears we face in our lives. Let's take them in the order Father Groeschel mentions them, which is actually the opposite of the order that Jesus experienced them in this gospel story we just heard. Human beings, he said, have three fears. The first is the fear of being no one. That is to say, the fear of being a nobody. The fear of not being recognized and appreciated for who we are. Satan mistakenly thought he could find this fear inside of Jesus and use that fear to lead our Lord into sin. So he took our Lord to the very top of the temple in Jerusalem and he said to them, as we heard a few moments ago, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. What was saying, Satan actually saying there? He's basically saying, Jesus, I know who you are. I know you're one of the really important people that God the Father will protect. But you know what, Jesus, the men and women here in Jerusalem, they don't know that. They think you're an ordinary man. So show them who you are. Throw yourself down from here. Just like it says in the 91st Psalm, God the Father is going to send a whole flock of angels from heaven to catch you. And everybody in the city will see it. They'll say, wow, this guy can fly. He must be a special person. Then Jesus, they'll listen to you. Then they'll take your words seriously. Give them a show. Jesus was able to resist this temptation because he had a perfect relationship with his Heavenly Father. He knew exactly who he was. He knew he was loved by his Father with a perfect love. And he was completely secure and completely at peace in that knowledge. Confident, consequently, he wasn't afraid of being a nobody. But sometimes we can be, right? It's important for us to be aware of that. Because this kind of fear can very easily lead us to compromise our moral principles. I want to be accepted by my friends. I want them to think I'm cool, just like they are. So I'll drink with them on weekends. I want my co-workers to like me, so I'll talk and act just like they do on the job. The fear of being a nobody, of being excluded. Andy Warhol, as many of us know, used to talk about people wanting their 15 minutes of fame. There's a lot of truth in that. 
Some people these days will do almost anything to get noticed. Have you noticed that? Why do you think there are so many reality shows on television? Why do you think so many people with terrible voices audition for American Idol? It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> but they don't want to be nobodies. They want to be known for something. Even if that something brings them embarrassment and humiliation, they're willing to pay the price. The antidote to this kind of fear is a deep personal relationship with the Lord. That's not pious drivel, that's reality. That's why our relationship with Jesus Christ, nourished by prayer and the sacraments, needs to be the top priority in our life. Because the more we know and love Jesus, or even more importantly, the more we really know and understand Jesus' love for us, the less we're going to have the fear of being a nobody. Put it this way, I guess. Jesus is my best friend. I really know that he loves me just as I am. If I know he'll be there for me, then I don't have to be afraid of being a nobody, ever. I'll know and I'll always know that I'm a somebody. I won't have to prove anything to anybody. As long as I'm faithful to Jesus, I have nothing to worry about. The second fear Father Groeschel mentions is the fear of having no one. Once again, Satan thought he could find this fear in, within Jesus and use that fear to get Jesus to disobey his Heavenly Father. So he showed our Lord all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all this power, all this glory, if you just worship me. In other words, Jesus, you don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to be concerned that someday no one will care about you. Just worship me. That's all you have to do. And I'll make you the ruler of all these countries. Then you'll be all set. You'll have all kinds of servants, lots and lots of people at your beck and call at every moment of every day. You'll never be alone. You'll never be neglected. Once again, this fear, the fear of having no one, was not in Jesus. He knew he was never alone. He knew his Father was always with him. So he said to Satan, You shall worship the Lord your God. Him alone shall you adore. Jesus didn't give in to that fear. But we can. Pretty easily. Politicians, for example, who support immoral laws, even though they are quote-unquote, personally opposed. Those politicians give in to this fear. They're afraid that if they support the right laws, they'll lose the support, the support of the people who got them elected in the first place. Just ask the president. He knows all about that one. Priests who are afraid to teach everything, and I mean everything that the church teaches in matters of faith and morals, also give in to this fear. They fear their parishioners won't like them anymore. They'll maybe go to another parish, hear an easier message. Whenever a Catholic fails to speak up for what's true and what's right, when he knows he should speak up, be it at work or at school or among his friends, that Catholic gives in to this kind of fear. And we've all been there, have we not? I certainly have. 
There have been times in my life when I haven't spoken up, and I know I should have. The last fear Father Groeschel mentions, which ties in with the very first temptation of Jesus in this scene in the desert, is the fear of having nothing, or the fear of not having our needs met. This is similar to the second fear in some respects, but the second one is related more to persons. This one concerns possessions. Satan said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to turn to bread. What was his message there? His message very simply was, Jesus, you're pretty hungry right now, aren't you? You've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights in this rotten old desert. Are you worried about your health? Aren't you afraid of starving? You should be. Well then, do something about it. Satisfy your urge. Give yourself a good meal. You deserve it, Jesus. The fear of not having enough was not present in our Lord. Sometimes, once again, it can manifest itself in us. Why, for example, do people steal? Why do they cheat on their taxes? Why do they cut corners in their businesses? Why are they sometimes less charitable than they should be or that they could be? In many cases, it's simply because they're afraid. They're afraid that they don't or that they won't have enough. So there they are, the three great fears we face during our time on this earth. The fear of being a nobody, the fear of having no one, the fear of having nothing. As we've just seen, Jesus was able to overcome every one of those fears in and through the loving relationship he had with his Heavenly Father. And the good news is, my brothers and sisters, we can also overcome them. We can overcome these three fears by finding our strength, our security, our peace, our help, our joy in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's resolve tonight to work very hard at improving our relationship with the Lord during this holy season of Lent by prayer, by reading scripture, perhaps by attending Mass and Eucharistic adoration more frequently, and of course by going to confession. Let's resolve to improve our relationship with Jesus in these ways, very practical ways, so that we will get rid of the fears that afflict us.